Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to Following On County Cricketer. We're back after sitting in a, a darkened room uh, following uh, the Test Series. The Ashes is over. Uh, for the last couple of days, me and Harmy have come uh, blinking into the sunlight and we found Nick Friend, who is, um, well, he's in the darkness. He's uh, squirreled <laughs> away in the, the confines of the Oval. The only man at the Oval to watch at uh, the start of uh, Surrey's at Royal London One Day Cup. Is it still Royal London? Oh, we'll find out. No, it's, it's Metro Bank. Metro, Metro Bank. Bank. Mate, open the, an account The MBODC. Wow. Brilliant. Well, look, we got that. We just found out something already. Uh, we haven't even, I haven't even finished the intro. And Nick Friend's already jumping in with some, uh, with some choice <laughs> nuggets. So, well, <laughs> some would say corrections. <laughs> others would say choice nuggets of info. Uh, either way, uh, thanks for listening. This is Following On County cricketer okay guys well i tell you what i I don't know what you were doing nick and harmy on uh day five at old trafford while it rained and a big bank of horrible weather came across the country i was watching the youtube stream of uh middlesex against surrey has it real? how nick i mean basically surrey were like running to try and finish that uh, game before the rain came. They just about managed it. But for me personally, it was about Surrey against Middlesex or rather Middlesex against Surrey. And it was about uh, Somerset against Surrey, but it was also watching Hampshire against Essex and um, the other Essex game, which is, uh, which I, which I've forgotten, but probably shouldn't have. Let me Kent. have a look. Kent. Kent. Well, you Essex were always going to beat Kent and they were always going to... Well, no, they weren't always going to beat Hampshire. But as soon as I saw that pitch, somebody was always yeah. going to win that game. Um, but essentially, it's a two-horse race at the top of uh, the county championship, Division 1. Nick Friend, how did you assess um, what occurred in, in those four matches? 
Well, as you say, it feels like it happened bloody ages ago. <laughs> it does. Um, how's it I think I was. I think I was at the first three days of Middlesex for Surrey. Um, you stole off that, in a huff. That felt no. That was quite straightforward. To it just felt like you're watching a very good team play. In fact, if I remember correctly, Jamie Overton said as much. And after the second day, he effectively said that you know we're top and like there's in the event in the most respectful way possible. But said sort of there's there is a reason we're top and they're towards the bottom and. And that was, you know, Sarri's ability to score big first inning runs, Middlesex inability to do the same. Um, and then, as you say, they sort of ran to beat the rain. Because actually, it looked like they were going to do it quite comfortably. Because the forecast, I think at the time, was for the rain to come in at three o'clock. But it ended up coming in about 12.30. I think if Middlesex, I think I think it properly started actually as Middlesex, as the two teams came off the pitch at the end. If Middlesex could, had, bat, had batted another, I think they'd one wicket in hand overnight and then Merch yeah. was out second ball the day. I mean, if, if honestly, if Merch and Bamber had batted five overs, They'd probably have escaped, and you'd probably be looking at. You talk about a two-horse race. You'd almost have a level game now between between Surrey and Essex. I mean, as you say, I mean that. I mean, in fact, I spoke to Mason Crane actually for an interview that'll be be on the cricketer website shortly. Um, about uh, he's only played twelve games of cricket in the last twelve months, effectively. And obviously, George often talks about him as your sort of barometer cricketer. You know, if, if Mason's not playing as a twenty-six-year-old leggy with loads of loads of potential, then then sort of you know what's the game doing wrong? And and he. <laughs> he effectively answered that. He said, you know, he said he was sat there watching at the AGS Bowl when, you know, as as Essex beat Hampshire inside two and a bit days and with the highest total in the match of 169 across four innings. And um, you know, when he watched that, you sort of wonder why you would pick a leg spinner. Um uh, but equally, um it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, you know, I know we've talked about the, like the draw situation, the point situation quite a lot on on this show, but I I guess one of the unintended consequences of pushing attacking cricket is that you've removed the 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 temptation not the temptation I guess you've removed you've removed the the attractiveness of the draw haven't you so so you you're encouraging teams to play for results which is great but I guess at this point the season does mean that you can end up with with a result pitch like that where Hampshire and Hampshire back their seamers over Essex seamers and one team's going to come out on top and in this case it was it was Essex with Cook and Porter Rather than Hampshire with with Abbott and, and Abbas, so I mean Hampshire equally would say that if you're going to hire two overseas seamers, then then you you know then you want to pick you know want you want to produce pitches that suit them. So um, it's an interesting one. We're, we're approaching that kind of that, that time of the year, aren't we? Where the results are, are everything. Um, and yeah, I mean Essex is that. I think in fact I think I, I th- I'd like to claim credit and say that I said so after their first game of the season where they beat where they had Middlesex four for four and beat them very. Come to me at Laws and said, actually, they will take some stopping. And I think you said at the same time that the Surrey lads you'd spoken to felt the same way, that it would be them and Essex, which I guess was what it was, you know, before COVID, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah, so that it's, it's, in, that a, in a way, it's key, not a surprise it? that it is coming down to that. I mean, Hampshire, Hampshire's batting for the last couple of years has looked slightly reliant on a couple of guys. You'd say that Warwickshire's batting for as good as they've been with a slightly unfancied side, given where they finished last year, has was always possibly likely to, to know, sort of come up slightly short this season, as as was shown last week when they were bowled up for 60 by Middlesex. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess we are we are where we are with the two horse, two and a half horse race. If Warwick can beat Surrey in that first game after the One Day Cup, um, but it is yeah, as you say, it's hotting up. Uh, I mean that washout between Essex and Surrey, not washout actually, but I mean based, the rain saved at Surrey. Uh, in that yeah. game, and and I was looking at the fixtures. I was like, oh, I wonder when Essex are going to be coming to the Oval, and of course they're not. So, well, you it's know, a perfect beast, isn't it? I mean, 
you know, try and pick four tournaments into however many months he got, six months, yeah. and it's frankly rained. I mean, it's been a pretty shocking summer weather-wise as well, isn't it? So it yeah, won't be, it's, not the, it's not the only washout of the summer, but it is frustrating that... Uh, from a, a cricketer's point of view, when you go back after playing different formats, or you come into something, you know, different, obviously from different, I wonder if that Surrey Warwickshire game, Warwickshire, a lot of Warwickshire seamers, experienced seamers, don't play the 100. But a yeah. lot of the Surrey batters play the 100. So the likes of Hannah Dolby and Rushworth, if you got a, an overcast morning, first morning, and you know, the Surrey lads are trying to still hit through the line of the ball and try to hit big sh- like normally do, and all of a sudden Warwickshire might capitalise that, and that they might see that's the way... Yeah, take the risk for producing a pitch which got a bit, little bit in it. I th- and then I think potentially the the battle's even more direct than that. I mean, I think so. Sorry, I've still got Burns. They've got, I guess, a couple of the top five Burns, simply folks available available for this. I guess I think what's I think what the big challenge is, and I've spoken to Alex Stewart about this last week, is that um, Sorry's only seamer who's you know who'll be in contention for the championship stuff when it starts again is Jordan. Um, sorry, Sorry's only seamer in contention for the championship stuff. Who is currently with them is Jordan Clark. Everyone else, Jamie Overton, Dan Worrell was been up to replace with probably Stone by Love and Spirit. Uh, Gus Atkinson, Tom Laws are all playing hundred stuff. So I think Stuart's big concern. I think actually one of the big concerns, one of the big challenges that the hundred and the one day cup have with with their coexistence is the appreciation that this isn't the end of the season. There's another month afterwards. That this is effectively a one month one month loan spell into a different format. But actually, you come back from having played you know bowled twenty balls to to needing to bowl 20 overs and it's the big challenge for Surrey more than most is making sure that seam attack is ready to go again in Red Bull cricket having had that month where your loads and your skills and your your focus is completely different um, which is why I think Jordan Clark is playing today where I am watching Surrey at Leicester, play Leicester but I think the expectation is that Clark won't play every game and certainly if he does play every game won't bowl in every game because he is their joint leading wicket taker in the Red Bull stuff and he is he probably becomes even more important now those other guys don't necessarily have a month to hone those skills. Whereas, as you say, the likes of Hannah Dolby and Rushworth. other guys, yeah, Rushworth and uh, Ed Barnard, uh, I think Henry Brooks in the 100 with Phoenix, isn't he? But a couple of other lads who, who will have the opportunity when they're, when they're not playing the white ball stuff to, to properly, as you say, sort of have their hands on a jukes for a month and, and be raring to go come the start of, you know, Jamie Paul's the same with Essex. Um, you know, you'd expect him to be fit firing and, you know, the go-to guy when, when the championship starts again, whereas it'll be interesting to see, as you say, how the batters and, and I think also really interesting the bowlers go go once once you get to the end of August. How do you assess the bottom of the table? Because North Ants are absolutely doomed. I'm calling that now. Well, I think Kent, uh, I think Kent are in a fascinating position in that, I mean, the side that they fielded for their defeat at Nottinghamshire was... Um, I think, you know, I think bizarre is probably the best way to put it. I mean, just going down the lineup now, you know, Ben Compton, um, but then Toby, Toby Albert, Ben Geddes, both on one-match loans from Hampshire and Surrey. Jack Leaning's a standing captain because Sam Billings is taking some time away. Harry Finch keeping wicket in for, in professional cricket for the first time in 10 years, in his 10-year career, having, this time last year, had Billings, Robinson and Cox to choose from. Cox, obviously, leaving to go to Essex. Uh, Robinson, obviously, left to go to Durham because they effectively backed the wrong horse. They they backed Cox and then but they but then Billings had the gloves because Billings was effectively focused deputy with the test stuff, which meant that um Robinson didn't see his opportunities to keep here, keep at Canterbury went up to Durham, has had a brilliant season, sort of spearheaded that title charge. And now Jordan Cox is is off to Essex and they're sort of left with one. 
and that one being Billings is probably the most precarious because he's the oldest of the three by by a stretch, but also the one who, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be playing ripple cricket for, you know, for, for he's not had a great year. He's averaged nine point two in the championship this year, and um, but then even even past even past him, you've got in that lineup Alex Blake was on a white ball contract there to renegotiate to let him play that game in the championship. Joey Everson, Matt Quinn, and then you've got um, Jazz Singh who's an academy product. Arifat Buyan who only came in halfway through the season when they were short on Siemens and Ashdeep Singh who was playing the last game of an overseas spell. So they're in a really interesting position that they, I mean, they're effectively just a squad in complete flux at the moment. You know, obviously Pete Down, and then you've got Paul Downton who's um, obviously retiring as, as, as DOC at the end of the season. So if they can, I mean, and they've now fallen into the bottom three, bottom two, haven't they? Um, yeah. Because Middlesex yeah, beats Warwickshire. And they need to find a way, I think, of just getting themselves, but Middlesex also gave me a hand on them. Um, then I think they need to find a way of just getting themselves together before the end of the season. And, you know, fight. But, but equally, that's what this competition is very good for. That's what this month is quite good for. They won, obviously, they had a similarly dodgy year last year in the Ripple stuff, but then went and won the One Day Cup and kept themselves up in the Championship. And suddenly, you look back on the year, you know, and look at it, it's quite successful. So you've got the silverware, you've stayed up in Division One, and kind of punched above their way, you know, the way they've recruited players for a few years. If you look at guys like Podmore, Milnes, um, obviously both moved on, uh, Ben Compton, the number of lads they've picked up from elsewhere who've not been getting opportunities and have done really well for Kent. Joey Everson, the same, I guess, when he came from Knotts last year. They've done a lot very well in the last few years. Um, this keeping thing was always going to, the keeping logjam was always going to come to, you know, come to a head. I don't think they expected it to happen quite this soon and in the way that has happened quite so extremely. But, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they are, two weeks ago when you said that Middlesex and not North Ants were, were sort of destined to go, but Middlesex's win and the way that Ken currently find themselves makes it quite an interesting scenario going into, going into September. Is the, um, is the Ken, sorry, John, is the Ken situation, Nick, is it something like, I, I'm trying to kind of word this right without being disrespectful to Ken, but it is, it just seems as actually happened to shambles. Um, but with Downton leaving, it just doesn't seem as though they've had any sort of direction in the last, what, year or two. Billings, Billings keeping wicket didn't make sense, other than from a personally selfish point of view that Sam Billings, when Ollie Robinson went to Dublin, before that decision was made, hmm. it looked as though Sam Billings is thinking, I've still got a chance to play for England, so I'm going to keep wicket. And then he's I guess, I guess but, but bear in mind, but he, but he had... It well, he's not the only one in that situation. He's not, sorry, he's not the only one in that. I'm just using Sam Billings yeah. as an example. This, that Kent have had some decent players, but they've had some... They just looked as though they're making it up as they go along. There's no real sense of direction from the top. And I've had, a, yeah. An, yeah, I've had an eye on Kent for, for quite a while because obviously my brother played there for five or six years. Yeah, so Kent's you know, rise was good because of some good young players come through, but doesn't seem to have any direction of a force of there's, you know, there's players coming through in a, in a way which the, you feel as though there's a, a, a plan in place for Kent's um, four-day stuff, for their one-day stuff, and to make sure that they, they will produce players for, for years and years to come. I think they um, certainly, certainly this year it's looked a lot like they've, cobbled a lot together. I mean, certainly the bowling attack. Um, so the, what last winter they lost Darren Stevens, Matt Milnes, Harry Podmore. They brought in Michael Hogan, who was or who was on the verge of retirement, who's um obviously came in uh after leaving Glamorgan. They I think I'm right in saying they got they got not let down is the wrong word, but they they missed out on a couple of overseas players quite late on who I think Joel Paris was going to join early season. He pulled up with an injury. 
they went through a fair few overseas options before finally landing on Wes Agar, who I think to be fair was pretty good for them. And obviously, um, Arsene Pesinko did five games of the championship. Um, but they, Nathan Gilchrist hasn't played a game, um, has hardly played a game because of injury. He was on a Lions tour you know, in, in, in the spring. I think he was basically, you know, he's a, he's, he's a very good bowler. He's not, he's not slow. He was, I think the hope was that he basically sort of pick up the slack from where, where Milnes and Podmore in particular had left off, although Podmore had missed some time with injury as well. Um, he's been injured. So they've, then they had to go into the market for Arafat Buyan, who came from Saka, um, fourth on debut against Surrey, I think. Um, but they've just had injuries. You know, Michael Hogan's been injured for a fair chunk of the summer. Um, and, um, you know, even, you know, Daniel Baldrama got his 300, but then he got injured as well. You know, they've, uh, Joe Denley's had a couple of knocks. There, there has been a fair bit of misfortune. Jordan Cox is out at the moment with a calf problem. Like, a lot hasn't gone right that, that I think is as much circumstantial as anything else. But it's absolutely, you can absolutely look at it and say that the lack of... I mean, put it this way, when a, when a county's going to the market for two loney batters, I think it's different with bowlers because you need to keep guys going through the whole season. But it's very rare that clubs are looking for batters on loan. But, uh, and, and perhaps that shows where, you know, it's a slight model they, they find themselves in at the moment. Um, but, but equally... You know, if you look at the squad, I don't think it's not a bad squad, and it's got a lot of very good young players. Matt Parkinson, Matt Parkinson has joined on loan ahead of joining next year. You know, if you look at some of the guys, Joey Everson, Tawana Mieye, um, I think particularly those two. I mean, they're Hamid Kadri is still coming through; he's still really young, uh, very good cricketer. Um, they've got a lot of good. They've got a lot of good players. Um, I think they'll be all right. I just think they're in a slight position of chaos that is slightly, as you say, slightly brought upon themselves and slightly circumstantial with injuries. And, and stuff. I think they're pretty disappointed to lose Cox, and particularly the way they did. I think they feel like they did everything they could to keep him, um, including giving the gloves the championship mid- midway through this season. Um, and I think probably even more more disappointed to lose him to one of the non-test playing counties. Particularly, it feels like a slightly odd move that to Essex, um, but obviously they're looking to replace Dan Lawrence. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I suspect if they could rewind the clock twelve months, they would. They would have done things slightly differently with the Robinson Cox Billings trio, but I do also think that was a logjam. That when you've got three very good keepers looking for one spot, you know, one or two guys are always going to have to look at their situation. And Downton, as a player, was in that same situation, I think, without a knot at Kent. So, um, and he ended up moving on to Middlesex. So, you know, I think he did get it, um, was frustrated by it. Um, but yeah, you know, there's it's interesting, you know, they've got a direct cricket on the way out, they've got a standing captain at the moment. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens next. Uh, Shall we take a look at Division 2? I've just had a little count back. Of the last 15 completed matches, only three results. Uh, Two of them wins for Worcestershire and one for Durham. Uh, We know Durham are going to get promoted, but Worcestershire are actually on a pretty good uh, little Mm. run of of wins, aren't they? Yeah, for me, there's... they're, they're, They're up. They're both up. They're looking at their table. If you look at the table... It's mad, isn't it? The Morgan of Third have won one game, drawn yeah. 10. But if you look at it, Durham have won five, Worcester have won four, and the other six teams have won five games between them. So <laughs> if, if you look at it, Worcester and Durham deserve to go up. I'm pleased for my old mate, Gilo. So it'd be great to get Worcester in the, in the, um, in the top division, even though they've had a bit of a fire sale on on pin, you know, test grounds pinching their players, but that's another story again. Um, but to can speak, we, we to can go talk up, about that. We haven't, we haven't um, mentioned that, have we? Yeah, yeah. well, it's 
it, it it's an interesting one. Not to have, not to have, not to have, not to have had a lot of players play for England in recent times. Not many that have come from knots. You, know, you think of Stewart and James Taylor, and then they're trying to bring to bring the, you know, these in. Yeah, Hasib Hamid, Duckett. Um, there's something there's something there at knots, which obviously we all know what it is. Um, but well, it's, to... it's interesting. Like I, I've spent a lot, a fair bit of time with the story. The, particularly the Worcester knots bit. I mean, I think. I think I think it's exaggerated slightly by three players in the same county going to going to the same county. I I'm not sure we'd look at it in the same way necessarily if not signed, let's say one player from Worcester, one player from Gloucester, one player from Kent. I I do think there is the Worcester Knots one is interesting. And I've spoken to a fair few people around these deals on, on all sides. And one constant is that there are some great things that Worcester can offer their players, which is a pathway, a clear way into their side as a youngster, a very, very good academy, and then an opportunity to grow in professional, in, in, in professional cricket, playing for your home county. Um, you know, uh, so it's not just Tom Pennington and Haynes, it's, you know, Joe Clark before them, it's Pat Brown, it's, um, you know, obviously Moen Ali came from Warwickshire originally, but Moen Ali is a youngster coming from Warwickshire, de- developing at Worcester, Ben Cox, Daryl Mitchell of his career, you know, they, they are uh, Joe Leach. Frankly, frankly, most of the Worcester staff they are very, very good at at that, and that is down to the work of Elliot Wilson, the academy director, Alan Richardson, who's now head coach, but was the two, but was was with the twos, and was the bowling coach, Kenny Rally, who's now the assistant coach, has been the twos coach. There are a lot of very, very good people at that club who do a lot of very good work. The job that Worcestershire have is that they're built on a flood plane. They don't have an indoor school. Um, they've not had a director of cricket for until Ashley Giles has come in this sort of CEO DOC hybrid role, um, and. And they've got a very small coach, first team coaching staff. And I think the truth is that there is a, you know, yes, it is possible to get to the top through that route. But I can understand why, if you're an, why, if you were an ambitious young player, you would appreciate everything that Worcester had done for you, but also look at what Nottinghamshire, with Trent Bridge, with the indoor school, with Peter Moores and Kevin Shine, particularly for the bowlers. And that's nothing against Alan Richardson, who's a brilliant bowling coach and is obviously now the head coach as well. Um, it, there is, it, it's, we don't like to look at it this way because of the way that I think counter cricket was always being considered. But if you look at it more in football terms, clubs are different sizes and can offer you different things. And Nottinghamshire are, are a bigger club in that regard. Yeah, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to come in there and ask you a question. Go on. Because you've missed the county cricket. Is it time for transfer fees? Because with a oh. franchise, with the franchise world that's coming in, Alex Stewart. Alex Stewart, more or less, without saying it, was more or less saying a few months ago, transfer fee. Because if us as a player, us as a me as a director of cricket, I yeah. am I am contracting Chris Jordan for six weeks. We're giving him all the facilities that he needs to, you know, to medical facilities, indoor schools, and everything that goes with it. If I'm having to do that, we want we want compensation from it. Well, that's well, that's that's the key word. I think that that would be the key word. I think the I wouldn't go for transfer fees, but I would look at the compensation system. And because actually, bear in mind what you've got at the moment is a situation is, is that a, not the same thing. The compensation. Well, no, well, well, this is well, no, because I think the difference is that as it stands, these deals are happening at the end of players' contracts. Players are sit, players are for the very for the vast majority of cases seeing out their deals and then are out of contract. Then they can. Go where they go, then they can go. They want the risk of the transfer fee is that 
you can pick the big clubs can pick and choose whenever they want. So you could sign. So Worcester could have signed Jack Haynes to a ten-year deal, for example. And while you're into the deal, you know, not sorry, whoever come with their come with the checkbook and say this is what we'll pay for this guy. And then actually, I would be far more in. I don't know. Like, depends what you want. Would you want the transfer? That's when that's where Worcester get the indoor school club. So that's where Worcester get the indoor school. But but you not get more out of staff. But but where's this? But where's this money coming from? You know, is there? I'm not sure the money existing county cricket for for football star transfer fees. So I think what you're most better off with is is a system where players are generally at the county that they are at until the end of their deal, which does at least mean that county X or county Y are getting this are getting player Z for the number of years that they've signed for, which to me feels like a better way of doing it and actually probably protects those counties against being, you know, pillaged more regularly for for their best young players. You know, if you were Look at you know. Look at some of the really good young players in the circuit at the moment. If they're, let's say, you've got a player on the smaller, you know, inverted inverted commas counties, um, and they're in year one, year two of a, of a long deal. They've just you've just broken through. You want to reap the rewards of having brought that player through. You want you want some years of having them, don't you? Rather than, you know, the first sight of some lad coming through and going 100, 100, 200, 150, losing them straight away with three years left on the deal. So, I. I'm not convinced by transfer fees, but I am convinced the compensation system could be better and could reward those clubs better. That so, for example, I, I know that the the club that come through at gets payments from the ECB, don't they, when they play for England? But let's see someone like Dylan Pennington, for example, it's a good young, good young bowler playing in the 19s a few years ago. He's obviously won the three going to knots. He's a very good young bowler, but he's not in the England setup in the same way that Josh Tung now is, Nolly Stone is. Um, if he doesn't play for England, then he might play a lot of games for Notts, take a lot of wickets for Notts, and maybe they wouldn't get the same compensation perhaps they should do for someone like him, who is possibly a more valuable signing in terms of what he will do for Nottinghamshire than a Josh Tung is, because Josh Tung may well spend the next three or four years mostly away from Notts and with England, either on a pace contract or being protected by England, uh, having his workloads managed or, frankly, playing for England. Um, so actually, Pennington might be a more valuable county signing, but Tung if I understand the conversation system correctly as it stands, Tom might be the one who makes Worcestershire more money, if you see what I mean, through the yeah. through ECB payments. So it's something he's looking at, but I, I'm not sure I'd go down the transfer fee route because I think you'd open a can of worms that that isn't perhaps, um, that, I don't know, that maybe looks better on the, sur- on the surface than it would do in the reality. I'm just thinking transfer fee off the back of franchises coming in for their players more than... If you're three players to the test playing, test playing county, you're going, hold on here. You know, something's got to be addressed because, you know, what's, I'm not saying what's the point. But I'd, but I'd also say that what that this happened to, let's say this is quite an extreme case because it's three guys at the same time going to the same club, from the same club. But um, with this Worcester genuinely, uh, you know, Worcester fans might not see it like, like this, like in the, I guess, well, it's quite raw. There, there is, there is probably, there are probably, there are very few counties better served to cope with this than Worcestershire, a because they've got, because they've got a very strong academy and a very strong ethos of doing it this way. Um, but b, these lads who've, who've, who are just leaving now, they they got their opportunities on the back of a similar, not you know, not not quite this extreme, but on on the back of openings appearing, you know, within their side. So it's not new; it's, it has happened before. It's been happening for quite a long time again you know, across the circuit um they've got like you know they've got some they, there's a lad i can't remember his name there's a lad who made his debut this this season who 
think Kevin Sharp's worked a lot within the, the twos and the the academy setup. He rates him as highly as some of the, you know, as some of you know that putting loads of pressure on him. As some of the really quality young players that he that Kevin Sharp would work with at Yorkshire, in your Bearstows and Roots, you guys like that. I mean, they've got a track record of doing it, of, of producing and producing, which is why they've got a good relationship with Shropshire, a satellite county, which I think is where Dylan Pennington starts. Actually, they've got different ways of bringing guys in. Pat Brown, they first discovered through a pace basically a pace open day um they they will be they will be fine like because they said because they've got a track record for doing that they've, they've got a clear pathway that allows guys in they brought rob jones in from lancashire already i'm sure a couple more guys will come in too and frankly i'd have them among the favorites to win the one day cup as well um with the guys that they've not lost the hundreds and sort of the the top five they've got in particular so um i know it doesn't feel like the whole idea you don't want to lose your best players but but like there are very few clubs better built to cope with losing three academy products in a way that's what they prepare for we haven't spoken about the punishment uh, given to yorkshire what was the feeling within the counties uh, harmy has got his thoughts and we heard them on uh, ash's inquest but um feel free coffee, to get coffee's already fallen out with me on that one. <laughs> oh well i know that you spent a lot of time with goffey um at the oval harmy so uh, give us an idea but i mean I mean, without uh, telling any secrets, spilling any secrets, um, give us an idea of, of, of maybe uh, Yorkshire's feelings, uh, your feelings, and then Nick, uh, give us an idea about how it was perceived from within the game. No, no, just having sort of conversations with with Darren and you know one or two when we were up, up on stage, just sort of ribbing him a, a little bit about it, and it's a it's a diff it's a difficult com- uh, subject to sort of to rib him about because obviously it's so serious. Um, but in his eyes, and I get this, and this is the, the counter argument to it. In his eyes, is they've done a huge amount, and I mean they have done. I've, I admit this. Yeah, they've done a huge amount to put things, a lot of things, right. Yeah, the, the coaching with the kid stuff, um, the way the the sort of tackling that diversity in 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 the county. Um, I've seen it firsthand because I've watched Yorkshire's under 15s and 16s two or three times this year. Um and they are they are doing the right things and they are they are progressing in, in the in the correct manner. But I just I, I keep looking at it. It's saying yeah it's like a bank robber, you know, robbing the bank then taking the money back and saying I, they've still got to be punished for it. They're still for what happened still had to be punished. And I keep saying that I thought they had the belly tickled. I really did. They've, they've had a They've had a punishment which is forty-eight points, and arguably, I didn't think they would have getting promoted anywhere, especially not now after the, the Drew with Durham. Um, four points in the in the blast. Wow, my! That just didn't. Where that come from? I've got no idea. You know, I said to Liverpool, right, we're going to kick you out of the FA Cup in the fourth round when they got knocked out in the third round. So I, I didn't understand that, and they've they find them cash, hundred grand. I'm got a I'm got a pot you know, I'm got a pot to eat in anyway. So I, I really don't understand that. And they didn't even touch the Royal London Cup. And I and I was saying to the coffee, look, if you really wanted to be, you know, if you really wanted to go back at the ECB, you play the you play the kids in the championship because you're going to be bottom, and you play your first team in the Royal London Cup, and you could actually get punished by winning the Royal London Cup and keeping an Ashes Test match in four years' time. I get, I, I, honestly, Yorkshire fans will disagree with, with everything I'm saying, but they had to be punished. And the severity of the punishment, when I look at the Durham punishment, and I know I don't want to go, you know, compare the two, 
but it's like Mount Everest compared to I, I don't know, you know the hills of you know the hills of Northumberland. It's I mean, it's ridiculous the difference between the two. Durham got decimated for nearly five years off the back of a financial financial issues. Nearly went bankrupt. Yorkshire are about to go bankrupt. So are they going to get a harsher punishment for going bankrupt than they were? Which you know the the, the, the issue that caused the game to to to, to really be broken. So. I, I'd still roll with me because I'm a Durham Durham fan, Durham member, Durham former player. Um, he was, and he has got of the opinion, and he's right. He is right. Of we are, we've done loads of great things. We are moving forward in such a direction. You've not, you'd not believe the way we're trying to change things, and I get that. But unfortunately, what happened, I thought, still needed a severe enough punishment to make sure that Yorkshire didn't qualify for T20 blasts in the next few years. Didn't qualify for Royal London, or the the the, the fifty-over competition for the next few years, and possibly still in the second division for a year or two as well to make sure that you know the the punishment fitted the crime because I thought it was quite a severe crime. Nick, I don't have much to add to be honest. Um, I think um, the tr- like when he as as frankly as Harmy says, like you know he probably doesn't doesn't even mention some of the more absurd ones like. You know, when you see what some teams get dot points for, you know, you know, the odd bit of descent on the field, Leicester last year in the blast, you know, you can get dot points having a bat that doesn't go through a hole. And like, you know, when once, you know, it it does all rather, uh, you know, this sort of build rod throwing back, I guess, with how absurd some of those punishments are. But um, yeah, I mean, just to reiterate what Harmony says, really, it doesn't, in the context of everything else that you get punished for and things that, you know, then the darn punishment, it does all, it does all feel a bit odd um, and misshapen um, would be, yeah, just, just just what I said, really, to be honest. OK, we're, uh, we're running out of time. But say, to not, to not have a punishment for the only live competition seems to me bizarre. Yeah, like, I, I can't really add too much either. It does seem absolutely strange, uh, especially when you consider some of the, par- the punishments for wrong-sized bats, swearing on the field, Durham okay. got done last year for that. Nick Mac, is it is it was it Nick McIntosh that got uh, Nick Madison? Yeah, he had his bat was a bit too Nick big. Madison, sorry. Nick Madison, so Nick Madison got, got, got the point. I remember that he was it. He was at the non-striker's end, right? So this is how bizarre it is because I remember going in the week after. He's at the he's at the non-striker's end. He had faced it. There was a no ball. He faced one ball, and he's at non-striker's end when the umpire's changed over and the umpire did his bat. Now, if he hadn't faced that no ball or the ball, the extra ball from a no ball. He would have not have faced the ball in the game. He would have gotten his bat changed. And Durham got dot points for that. And How Durham, many points? I think oh, that's 16 points, isn't it? It was something stupid. And I think Durham didn't, I think that was one of the reasons why Durham didn't get promoted, didn't qualify at, at the time. So it, little things like that make you think, mm. wow. And it, it was it was something so petty, so stupid. And what Yorkshire, what the, the what the, what Yorkshire, so much were guilty, found guilty of the four, the four charges that were found guilty of. I mean, there were front page news around the world, not not in England. This was mm. this was front page news in a lot of test playing countries about the racism stuff. And that's how severe the that's how severe the crime was. And I get what Goffey's saying, but I'm sorry, the, the punishment had to fit, and unfortunately. 
Ah, they've had their bellies tickles. Thank you very much. See you later. You know, their chairman sitting on TV with the ECB chairman during the Oval Ashes Test match. Um, no wonder he was smiling. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Uh, let's finish up with the uh, the One Day Cup. That's where you are. You're at the Oval. I'm waiting to see, uh, is it Surrey, Leicestershire? It is indeed. That's a very strong Surrey side, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It's a weird, you know, it's, I, I think it's really a good, I, I really enjoy this competition. It's it's a strong Surrey side and it's, you know, it's a strange Surrey side, isn't it? It's a lot of guys who wouldn't play any white ball cricket if circumstances weren't as, as they are with the, obviously with, you know, with, with the two competitions being played alongside one another. I think Robbie Burns and Ben Folks are playing their first stay game for four years today, I think, is the, um, since 2019, see so Tom Sibley played for Warwickshire in this last year, but um, you know none of I think to go down the list. I don't think any of Burns, Sibley, Ryan Patel, Ben Geddes, Ben Folks, Conor McCurr, Yusuf Majid, Matt Dunn. I don't think any of them played in the Blast this year. Um, they would do it other counties, um, which is the strength of sorry, but usually having straight up his bonus jury. McCurr about, played sorry, last year in the uh, T20, but I don't yeah, think but no, but sorry, this, but, year. Sorry, this, year, this year's Blast. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, but then. Um, but speaking to Stewie last week about this, he basically said, "This is why we've got such a big squad. Like they, sorry, lose, sorry, lose thirteen players, I think, for hundreds, which means that two guys who wouldn't even get into their first eleven are are out the hundred, as are I think five or six their backroom staff. So, um, but I think it's a really good. I I really enjoy it as a competition. You know, Ryan, you know, to go to take Ryan Patel back a couple of years, I think he scored fifty four hundred at Guildford, I think it was, that basically changed his career slightly in the way that in the way that he plays in the way that Surrey looked at him 
became more of a top order player, a bit more top order dasher. Um, so many stories like that. Tom Laws last year got four half centuries in eight games for Surrey and now finds himself with a hundred deal. Steve Eskenazi broke world records for the number of runs he scored last year's come finally got his hundred deal. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a competition now where you do what Eskenazi did and get into an England side, but it is certainly a competition that can change perceptions of you as a player. I think Luke Wells last year was playing in the one-day cup as part of the uh, Lancashire side that, that got to the final and he whacked a 20-ball 60 yesterday in, in the 100. So it's, it's a competition with a lot of purpose. It's not necessarily the same purposes that it used to be. It's not necessarily the same purposes that we don't know that we expect of elite competitions. I don't think anyone would call this an, an elite comp- I think more people call it developmental than elite these days. But, um, you know, it's so for example, at Nottinghamshire, Matt Montgomery is effectively now a store of all three not all three formats for knots on the back of this competition last year. For other guys, it might be the difference between getting a new contract for next year and not getting a new contract. For some young lads, you know, Yusuf Majid, no one had heard of this time last year, came in, did really well in the one day cup. Um, is now on sorry staff and he's playing today and mm. um teenagers. Went away still young. A, yeah, went away with the nineteens. Um it's a really good chance for young batters to get confident playing this stuff. It's um it's also quite a nice chance for you know, when sorry play Leicester, frankly, in most competitions, um, in most games, you know, you, you rock up expecting a home win, don't you? Whereas this it doesn't I wouldn't say the table's turn, but it's it's a it's quite it, it levels the playing field in some regards. It and it it does twist the it does twist the playing field in others. I mean there, there are sides who've had pretty dismal seasons. Gloucester should be one in particular, who've got a pretty strong squad for this, who are pretty actively trying to win it. Um They've got two overseas. They brought Anwar Ali and from Pakistan bowlers played for them in this. They had Harry Tett for the first game. Um, as Kent did last year, uh, off the back of what I think was the worst ever blast title defence. They're having a shocking season. Stevens was being released. The Robinson stuff was up in the air. All sorts going on. They went and won the one-day cup and suddenly it feels like quite a successful year. Um, so different counties use it for different things. Um, sorry, I suspect we'll rest some of these more experienced guys at some point because they've still got the championship to win. Um you know, I'm sure Worcestershire will do the same with with their promotion race in Div Two. Um, Durham might feel like this is an opportunity to go and win two trophies. You know, they feel like they're probably, you know, not quite home and host, but almost there in the championship. Um, there's a lot of good to it. You know, I think it's been three years in now, and the, you know, people rolling the rise of the hundred and saying, "What's the point of this 50 over competition?" I think that that's passed. I think people have seen with the competition the last two years the good it can do, and that yes, it's different, but it's still counter cricket and the supporters who would say, oh, you know, well, it's not our first team. But like, it is still the guys that, you know, represent your county. Mm. So I don't think yeah, you get sure. to say, I'm not going to go and watch because it's not the first team because actually you're sort of disrespecting the 300 plus blokes on the circuit who are playing in this competition. Um, so, um, yeah, I've got a lot of time for it in the same way that, you know, I've got a fair bit of time for the 100 and what it's done for a lot of the guys involved and, you know, albeit with reservations about some of the issues it caused. I mean, but I think this is... I think this is a really good competition. Actually, the other thing it does that we be interesting over the next month is a lot of Red Bull batters will score a lot of runs and will go into September on the back of having batted 30, 40 overs in Whitepool games and find themselves in pretty good nick. That's certainly what happened last year. Um, interesting to see if it happens this time around as well. As I'm watching Dom Sibley open the batting now, you know, at the moment in front of me with Roy Burns at number three. So, you know, per- perfect example that here. And these two, that two guys have not had a great year. Um, but if they come out of this year, this competition in some form, Go into the last three games and score a hundred each, then then you know they will, they will say that August has been worth it. Um, I think another another thing, Nick, and players as well. Uh, from a player's point of view, the, the game you're at is as a prime example. There's probably four or five of the Leicester players 
and be desperate to play because they're going to go, they're going to go because they're in the north, north division in the blast, and then in the yeah. second division of the championship, they're trying to play at the oval. This is mm. Test Round. We just had the Ashes. Stuart Broad just left there. I've just been watching the last five days on TV at this iconic cricket ground. So from yeah. a player's point of view, you're going to want to play at, especially this, there'll be two or three young Leicester players, yeah. would dread to play at the Lords or the Oval or whatever. So yeah. I think it's great for the players as well to play because if you get stuck in the second division, you don't get a chance to play at, at the Oval or at Lords or you know, at Edge Baston. Yeah. So if you're, in, if you're in that group, I think it's fantastic for the young players as well. And also if you shrink that onto an individual level, um, you know, so looking at these sides here, for example, Josh Hull is a young uh, left-arm seamer. You know, this is this is probably the only format of cricket at the moment in which Josh Hull is going to play against Ben Folks, for example. Or um, remember watching, like, I remember being at Hove last year to watch Middlesex with basically like a teenage seam attack bowling at Pujara for 50 overs. And um, <laughs> Sussex got 400, Pujara got 100 and plenty. Um, but that is 100% worthwhile exercise for everyone involved. Um, you might not necessarily look at the time, but, you know, when you like those guys are, and Pujara is not necessarily, you know, the, the white ball you know, re- re- his reputation on SL is white ball gun, but, you know, Northants have got pretty sure, pretty sure blame for them. Um, you know, he will absolutely whack it over the next month and there'll be some guys who will absolutely be better for bowling at him. But Umesh Yadav played in this for, for Middlesex last year. Um, you know, you get some proper players, you know, some really, really good players and some, let's say, some really good squads. Um, and and ultimately, like, you know, for all of the scepticism when this first came along, it, it is a it is a competition with a, it is a, it's, it's a proper competition, the proper final, um, with proper silverware. Um, and it's not second team cricket. Anyone who's ever seen second team cricket knows that what I'm currently sat in front of with people at the ground, for one, <laughs> is not second team cricket. If you want to watch a twos game, you could go and find it normally. You know, whereas this is, as you say, sorry if you left the at the Oval. Um, it's, it's a proper competition and guys have got professional integrity and professional pride. Like you want to win. That's what you paid to do. And if, as I said about Ken and Glamorgan the year beforehand, if you win this competition, you know, your, your club can very easily, you know, that is a successful year. There are three county competitions. And if you win one of them, you know, you, <laughs> that, that is in you any language successful. Yeah. And, and as I say, you probably enhance your reputation. Great stuff. Well, look, Nick, um, we'll leave you there. Do you do do you exist outside of cricket grounds? That's what I sometimes wonder about. <laughs> sometimes I wonder that, to be honest. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff, guys, as ever. Uh, George, we should have mentioned, is uh, taking a well-earned break. Um, so that's why he's not been part of the show today. And the show is actually going to take a little bit of a hiatus, as much as we love the 50-over stuff. <laughs> um, we will be back uh, the week before the county championship gets back underway. So uh, uh, keep tuning in to TalkSport 2 or... Keep subscribing to following on uh, podcast feed and you'll get uh, you'll get the episode as soon as it arrives. Nick, thanks for your time today. Harmy, I'll uh, chat to you when I chat to you. Uh, but thanks for listening to following on County Cricketer.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.